With the recent news of school closures for most students around the UK, many parents this evening face the prospect of homeschooling their children for the very first time from tomorrow morning. And for some, this comes with a little bit of anxiety around it. Undertaking homework tasks at the best of times can be challenging when children require a range of motivational methods to help complete the task at hand. Therefore, providing a whole day of structured education that mirrors the curriculum in a timetabled format is something many of us parents will have to get to grips with very quickly. For those parents that have children with additional needs such as ADHD, dyslexia, autism or anxiety may experience slightly more stress and may require more support. I will be speaking with Susan Hargraves who is a teacher, a children's counsellor and has specialised in working with children with ADHD and anxiety specifically. She is currently completing a Masters at the University of Oxford in Mindfulness using Cognitive Behaviour and will be sharing some very useful tips to those parents who have children with anxiety and ADHD. So Susan, you're a specialist um, with certain conditions such as ADHD, autism, anxiety and dyslexia, all very, very different conditions. Um, what advice would you give to those parents who are homeschooling their children with those conditions during this really difficult time? Um, I think the first thing that uh, you really want to do as a parent is to kind of acknowledge that these are really challenging times. Mm. Um, I think that, you know, given that the main thing that you're going through now is facing the losses of your own, mm. you know, you, your life has changed dramatically. You're now home with your children, you know, mm. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, <laughs> children are home 24 hours, seven days a week. And, <laughs> um, and that it's kind of, be, it, it's a tough time for all of you and that, you know, it'd be a good idea to, to sort of have in mind that you need to give yourself a break, that, you know, this is going to take time to get used to, mm -hmm. um, that the kids are going to take time to get used to it and, um, and they'll probably, with everybody, mm -hmm. you know, sort of experiencing sort of a, a sense of loss, that you're going to go through a grieving process together mm. and, uh, and to be really mindful of, of that that you know this is a hard time for everyone yeah. I think I think that's the first thing yeah um so regardless of you know children who then who have special needs you know kids with anxiety kids with um who are on the spectrum or or kids who who have ADHD mm. um you know they're going to have their own challenges mm. as well so should we start with ADHD um and some tips for those parents who might be homeschooling um, children with ADHD. Yeah, look, kids with ADHD and and well, any kids on the spectrum. Actually, any kids can use this. There's um, there's a couple of uh, there's a thing called the zones of regulation, um, which is where parents can help their children identify, you know, sort of their own sort of emotional energy. Mm. So um, you have a red zone when you're overwhelmed. So mm. and that that can be with, you know, anger, frustration, um, anxiety, 
um, or it can be actually kids who are overwhelmed with excitement, you know. Mm. Um, so that's a red zone. So they're sort of overwhelmed. They've tipped over. It's very difficult to come back from the red zone. Mm. Um, so, again, knowing yourself or being able to explain to a child, you know, if you can explain to a child you're in the red zone, it takes a lot of the judgment out of it Mm. so you know it's it's not like they're being a bad child because they've gone into the red zone it's just this is where they are okay and and the same with the yellow zone which is kind of the next uh kind of energy level down so again it can be sort of you know anger frustration set um yeah and kind of being happy at the same time but you're sort of more in control but you're not sort of calm or which is the green zone Mm. so it's that kind of next step up and and we we kind of go between the yellow zone and the green zone a lot during the day um and then you've got the blue zone which is when you're tired sick um Mm. you know just not feeling great You, you don't have a lot of energy you know when someone asks you to do something and and you kind of find it difficult and you know, that can be because you're in the blue zone. So, again, sort of saying to a child, you're in the blue zone and, you know, what can we do to get you into the green mm. zone? Can We can get you ready to learn. We can get you ready to be really cooperative. Um, and one of the things you can do, actually, which is quite easy, is just get them to jump up and down, yeah. you know, 10 times. Who can do the fastest jumps? You know, mm-hmm. quick, let's go. And, yeah. you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, And that can actually really just you know energize a child and get them back into the green zone and the same with the yellow and the red zone you know again asking a child to identify themselves what are they feeling when they're in this this starts to build a memory for for them and that's something that they can draw on you know later and then it helped them when they're not in the red zone or the yellow (laughs) zone when they're in the green zone help them develop strategies Yeah. So what can I do when I'm in the red zone? What can I do when I'm in the yellow zone? And and get them to draw it and write it down and maybe stick it somewhere. So mm. you don't even, because sometimes just speaking can be enough to, <clears throat> to actually antagonise a child. Mm. So even if you just point to where they are and get them and give them yeah. the time to work it out. Don't expect them to do it straight away at the snap of a fingers, you know. The gift of time is really quite a kind thing to do for a child. So how would it work? Would you sit down before the day begins and say, this is how we are going to communicate using these colours? Or when would you um, even introduce the system to them? I, I would sort of even start back with things like, you know, how do we know when mm. we're feeling calm and ready to learn? How do we know when we're sort of starting to feel, you know, maybe <clears throat> frustrated when, you know, my brother or my sister has taken a toy away from us? Mm. You know, how do we know when we get to that state where it's really hard to calm down, you know? So you colour code it together? Sit yeah, down I would sit together. down and say, well, what about we call this the red zone? What about we call this the yellow zone? And even then get them to write, well, what feelings kind of match those zones Mm. and what things are the triggers you know what what actually are the triggers that get me into that zone Mm. so yes we start to get some clear communication and and because a lot Mm. of children haven't had that opportunity to even label those feelings or label the triggers Mm. or and it it really Mm. is helpful 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a complete believer in color because I've studied color therapy myself, and I know how powerful it can be. And in fact, working in a room which has more neutral colors and light colors can be much more valuable than working in a room which is highly stimulating like a bright green or bright red because that can actually cause hyperactivity what would you share with those parents with children of anxiety and how would you even identify that a child has anxiety yeah and this is going to be a little bit tougher because of the loss process that everybody's going to go through Um, because one of the when you're going through a loss process one of the ways of sort of coming to terms with it is to sort of talk about well what's going to happen next um Mm. so we've got to be careful that we don't you know if a child starts to ask a lot of what if questions that we go oh my god my child's got anxiety okay that's not Mm. necessarily the case Mm. um but if a child is being obsessive with what if questions like what if this happens what if that happens if they're having difficulty sleeping um even sometimes you know difficulty with kind of carrying out normal routines um, Mm. and they just a lot of worried thoughts come out so for anxiety can produce big um, come across as I'm worried about this you know or I'm nervous about this a lot of kids will use Mm. those words Um, okay so be just on the lookout for that although again be careful that you're not going to diagnose your child with anxiety just because they say I'm nervous about this or I'm worried Mm. about this because it is Mm. quite a natural thing to Mm. be worried about and to be nervous about it's just that if it becomes it it overtakes kind of normal everyday living so watch out for that and um activities or um, actions that parents can take to um, to calm to calm children down. down. Um, well, there's lots of things you can do. Um, you know, if a child is becoming a little bit panicky, um, you can actually bring them back into the present moment so they're not thinking about the future and start to just talk to them about, oh, you know, what colour is is this picture on the wall or what what colour is our carpet or just to bring their mind back into mm. the present. Um, We're about to sit their GCSEs or A-levels and they've been cancelled and there's some anxiety around what's going to happen to me if I don't have any grades and those sort of questions. Do, what, yeah, this is, this is going to be really tough for these guys because they're really going to go through a um, – a, a real loss, a grief and loss process. They're really going to be grieving. So this is going to be, for a lot of them, quite normal, um, mm-hmm. you know, to sort of feel really, um, I guess, you know, insecure about their their sort of immediate mm. future. You know, what does this mean for me? Hopefully the schools mm. will come out with something soon and, and let them know exactly what it does mm. mean for them. But I think for teenagers, the probably some of the biggest losses they're going to face is they they haven't haven't got to complete the year they haven't got to sort Mm -hmm. of you know for some they're going to say oh my goodness I never got to show all that hard work I did so for parents you know I think one of the things to help with teens and look I know it's hard with teenagers because they'll look at you and roll their eyes but um (laughs) to sort of talk to them like what is going on for you You know how how is this for you and you know, a lot of them might turn around and say, oh, you know, fine, um, I'm fine, I'm okay. But um, know that they're probably not um, and that they mm. are finding this difficult and hopefully they'll be, you know, look, they're so connected. 
that they'll talk to each other and and talk their way mm. through it but mm. also try and help help them understand that you know put it into context but without diminishing their feelings like you know in in three years time this will just be a blip and it'll be something that they can tell at parties and you know I went you know I was in grade 12 when this happened and you know we didn't get to sit our exams and blah 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 but right now even knowing that might help to put it into context but we don't want to diminish the loss that they're feeling yeah. So that's yeah. really important. I can't stress that enough. Is please. So lots of talking, yeah. lots of discussion, lots of reasoning. Yeah. And um, any any kind of therapeutic activities that they can engage in to stop that anxiety. Well, I think for kids to start to recognise if they do have anxiety is going to be helpful. And to mm. start for them to sort of talk about, well, what what is a sort of a soothing or you know, sort of caring thing that they can do for themselves. You know, every mm. child is going to be different, particularly teenagers. Mm. Some some mm. are going to want to work. Some are going to walk, sorry. Some are going to want to sort of bury themselves in some other form of mm. reading or mm. or whatever. But, again, just watch that kids, um, you know, I know it's hard with teens because they do like to lock themselves away in their room, but try and keep them as connected, you know, with you as, mm. as you can. But you know, understanding that's okay. not easy yeah I'm sure parents will find that really really useful at the moment to know that and to know that they should help them acknowledge what's happening mm. and talk it out some things and reason with it as well now you're doing um uh masters in mindfulness-based cognitive therapy yes. at the University of Oxford yes now that sounds fascinating yeah. <laughs> um anything from your learning that has come out which you think is this is something that everyone should know about um, and what is cognitive therapy as okay. well for those well gee there's so much I, I don't know where to start with how much we've <laughs> learned um, so I guess for me uh, some of the major things that I've learned is the you know thoughts aren't facts basically um, some these are some of the things that we teach in the MBCT eight-week course but things that understanding too the sort of the mechanics behind depersonalizing um, sort of a lot of the habituated patterns that we've that you know that we think with that you know we're, that we sort of perceive or make interpretations um, and I think when you peel away the sort of the layers of the onion of perceptions and the years yeah. of the patterns you know that we've built up mm -hmm. in our lives we start to see things more clearly it's easier to depersonalize them and in that act mm. alone which is a kind and compassionate act we start to sort of make room to allow these things to just be as they are instead of trying to push mm. them away or you know pull the things that we want to hang on to like the happy moments whatever I don't ever want to let mm. that go you know we become yeah. more free and allow you know just each moment to pass in its own way and and not try and adulterate it too much with our own perceptions yeah. i think that's probably the major kind of personal thing i've got out of it um mm. cognitive therapy is just the science of the mind um yeah you know sort of how we yeah sort of widely used in the nhs as the yeah. main 
um, form for treating anxiety as yeah, well. Yeah, well, CBT it? is really, you know, cognitive behavioural therapy is kind of, you know, the treatment of choice in the NHS, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Not that I've worked in the NHS yet, but, uh, you know, so as I understand mm-hmm. it from our studies, mm-hmm. um, and and the course, our course, Mindfulness-Based Cognitive Therapy, was actually started um, to address, you know, uh, depressive relapse. So, right. yeah. So the more more depressive, you know, relapse that you had, um, you mm. know, it wasn't helpful. So they under they sort of took on this course to help people um, who were constantly relapsing into depression. Mm. And it's you know it's mm. it's quite successful. It's got a very good success mm. rate. Sure. And what would you, what would be recommended as a daily practice for people who are experiencing relapses of depression, especially at the at the moment? There might be a little bit more of yeah, that. Yeah, of so. course, of course. I mean, part of you know grief and loss is to go through a a period of kind of low mood or sadness. They call it yeah, sort of depression. Um, and it could, you know, that low mood of, you know, sort of feeling so hopeless and, you know, helpless, there's mm. nothing I can do, can actually trigger yeah. a depressive episode. So, mm. um, you know, for people who are sort of new to mindfulness, um, yeah. you know, I think just uh, feeling your feet on the on the floor would be the very first thing and, and sort of knowing that mm. these are just thoughts that, you know, although I feel mm-hmm. helpless, I don't need to own yeah. that sense of helplessness, sure. that this is just a yeah. feeling and it's going to pass. And if I can yeah. feel my feet on the floor and really yeah. notice those sensations in my body and, you know, sort of turn away from the thoughts if you can and, and just focus on what's mm. happening in the body. Mm. 